Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is Reservations, and I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Aster Lemon Party. <laughs> you know, what's funny is we're using this new website, and it shows our names at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> I know, that's, yeah, so that's not gonna not gonna fly this time. Oh well. Um, welcome back, everyone. Um, now you may be asking yourself if you are watching this. Uh, why aren't we in person? Well, Jeremy, you can tell them. Yeah, I'm sick. So it's not COVID. Uh, I don't have my tickets to the Backstreet Boys or whatever the fuck you said last time. I uh, Backstreet Boys reunion tour. Yeah, I I have some sort of uh, upper respiratory grossness in my chest. And so that's why the voice, that's why the coughing. And so I'm trying to keep the coughing to a minimum during this episode. Where we'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean... I mean, I literally just ate, so we'll hope. Hopefully, well, I do not burp into the mic. This will this will either be a very popular episode for those ASMR uh, freaks, you know, the 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 the, the kinkies <laughs> with the, the ASMR uh, uh-huh. because of the raspiness of my voice, or it'll be our worst one, and no one will listen to it because oh, they wow. can't stand the sound of it. <laughs> so, I guess we'll uh, find out. Well, before we uh, before we jump into it, I just want to say, dude, uh, I am even though it was a little rocky start, I am really digging this layout. So we're we're using a new website because uh, whenever one of us is sick, we use Zoom. Uh, but we're using this website called Riverside that I heard about, which apparently is like ideal for doing podcasts virtually. Um, so let's hope this looks good when uh, when I edit it. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we'll. I mean, because we're not. I mean, it's recording also the audio on your computer, correct? I mean, this is like a, it's a dual space. Yeah, just in- I, yeah, I told it to do audio and video. So okay, so, so you know, okay, I mean, worst cool. case scenario, I know how to upload just the video, the audio. So all right, that's fine. That <clears> but then we're, then we're good. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everyone. Um, so, dude. I'm going to be real. I'm really excited to talk about this yeah. one. Um, but I just, I, I don't know where to begin with it. Um, yeah, I understand. So if you uh, watched last week or listened last week, today we were talking about Wong Kar Wai's In the Mood for Love. Um, this was from, I meant to look it up so I could be prepared. Uh, 2000 and... 2000. 2000. Um, uh, romantic drama, and it's, dude, so good, man. It is, <laughs> yeah, it is. it's brilliant. Oh, and see, there it is, right there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was so good, man. Like, like there's somewhere. I wonder if I can out oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, there it is. That. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no one gives a shit. Um, uh, um, but yeah, man. So, so. I should have known that you were probably going to pick it after I told you I watched uh, As Tears Go By. Yeah. Because um, As Tears Go By was rad, dude. It was so rad. And so was this one. And it wasn't really what I was expecting. Um, I went into it with zero research. I didn't want to know anything about it. All I knew, the only thing I knew for a fact, and that's because of the Criterion Collection, um, is that Tony Leung was in it, who... For any of our fans out there who like Marvel movies, he just recently did uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. He was awesome in that. 
And he was awesome in this. And if I, in my opinion, better in this, like well, he was, yeah. he was so great. Um, so Jeremy, where should we begin with this movie? Well, um, I would just start with a brief synopsis. The synopsis is pretty straightforward. Mm. Um, it's a two couples uh, that move into this cramped apartment building in Hong Kong mm. um, who eventually their respective spouses start having an affair with each other, um, which is, you know, uh, what a coincidence. And almost to cope with this secret, of course, that they have to to keep because they don't want to – they don't want anybody to know that their spouses are cheating, um, not only just cheating in general but cheating with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, They they start to form a bond and a relationship that doesn't really go anywhere, uh, which is – Interesting, and it's and it's supposed to sort of uh, shift your expectation of what will or won't happen. It, it's fascinating, and yeah, uh, before any of that happens, we get these moments of uh, of you know just passing acknowledgments of one another, and mm-hmm. just them living in the space together but apart you know yeah um, and so anyway the, the 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 story is just them um running through hypothetical scenarios both with their spouses together and both with themselves mm. uh together and uh then they sort of unfortunately drift apart over time um and of course that comes with its own ironic coincidence and uh and sort of unfortunate timing. Um, yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. I think Wong Kar Wai does this, does this crazy thing with the editing that I am just in awe of, which is these moments seem to be linear and seem to, which they are in a way, but um, what I mean by that is from moment to moment, you would think it would be from like minute to minute or hour to hour, but it's really day to day, right? Mm. Switching from one, from, uh, from one location to another, we've, we've, we fast forwarded to the next day or the, or the next couple of days. Uh, mm-hmm. And what's so brilliant is with the costumes, that's how you can keep track. Yeah. So what Sue is wearing or what Chow is wearing, uh, his tie normally and her dress, mm-hmm. of course. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's basically the uh, a generic synopsis. But of course, if you watch it, it's so much more than that, and it's in um, the way it's presented to you, it is so much more than that. Oh yeah, um, absolutely, man. Yeah. So, so when I realized that that's what the story was about, I kind of like what you said about it subverting your expectations. You know, I fully expected them to to start having an affair together as well, and in a way, they do more so an emotional affair. Yeah. You know, cause this is someone that they can talk, you know, this is another person going through the exact same thing. It just so happens to coincidentally be your significant other. Um, but you know, it's, and, 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 and again, kind of like what you're saying about it being ironic, 
it's almost like their love because they do eventually do fall in love uh almost was never meant to be you know um and it and it's sad but also in a way kind of kind of beautiful you know um i agree yeah so so let's 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 talk about let's talk about the setting because sure. that's I think that's <laughs> such a weird place to start, but I think the setting is very important, especially to this movie. Of again, you I think you described it perfectly of this very cramped apartment building in Hong Kong because yeah. it is. Uh, I was having such yeah, I was having such anxiety during the moving in sequence. I was just like, oh my god, yeah, like. And then they keep mixing up like, oh, no, those aren't those aren't my shoes. Those right. those go next door. Right. Um, yeah, because it and it just so happens. And I, and I and I love this with the movie that everything is sort of a, a coincidence that these two different couples just happen to be looking for a room to rent in the same apartment building. And they just happen to be next door to each other. Um, and. It's just so funny kind of, kind of how it happens that, you know, we meet Sue first um, and she gets the room. And as she's leaving, we meet Chow, who had, well, I guess was going to the exact same place. But her landlady was like, oh, no, no, just go next door to Mrs. Co. And he was like, oh, thank you. You know, and it's, it's just so funny. And, you know, this I feel like this film for sure and correct me if I'm wrong, if you feel different, uh, could definitely work as a play because they're, they're primarily in the apartment building majority of the time. Yeah. Either. Um, I would say if you split the, well, I mean, you can mess around with it, but uh, you know, if you for sure split the stage into three different parts, cause you have, yeah. uh, the apartment, her work and his work, I think that would, um, I think that would make structural sense and it, it, it would make visual sense uh, within the, yeah, I, I could see it working as a play for sure. But, um, but also like what you said about them, you know, living in this very cramped apartment, but also being alone, you know, yeah. both of their spouses, Chell's wife and Sue's husband, you know, work long hours, which, you know, in retrospect, they may have been a lie. <laughs> the, for sure. The old, she is lying. Uh, oh, yeah. he might not be lying, but she is. Oh yeah. Yeah. The old, the old, oh, I got to work late at the, got to work late at the office. Yeah. Uh, now trick. what was funny about that scene in particular, not to jump ahead, but, um, <clears throat> sorry, but, uh, I was watching a video, um, and they, in the video had mentioned that when she calls to tell him that she's working late. And when he shows up to her work, those are two different days. Mm. Uh, again, this is um, this is Wonka. And if that's even true, I don't know. I didn't see any evidence to where that was true. But uh, let's just say, for argument's sake, it is true. That's just Wonka. Why again? Um, having the the having the time and the the plot and the narrative be more like retrospective thoughts as opposed to as opposed to like a normal well normal a 
generic scene by scene, right? These mm. are – it's almost as if Chow or Sue are reminiscing about these moments and that's why they're going so fast and that's why uh, days are going by in between these moments and these scenes. Um, yeah, you know, I mean – Because – there are times where, especially in the in the beginning, we we get these moments in these vignettes of of things happening, and then in the next shot, in the next location, it's a different day because she's wearing different clothing, right? Or mm-hmm. he's wearing a different tie, or even though if you were to not pay attention to their clothing, it still works as one fluid, you know it's only been an hour or it's only been a few minutes or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of jarring the first time watching or the only time I've watched it, which is the first time, Yeah, um, you know, trying to keep track of, okay. <laughs> so, so now we're in a different day. And so now the audience is having to infer, right. Sort mm-hmm. of fill in the gaps. Um, which, Lens for a really active viewing experience because you're not just sitting and watching. You're sitting, you're watching, but you're actively thinking about, okay, from there to there, what, what happened? Right. right. Uh, what was going on with Sue from, from here to here, from, from work to home, but work to home wasn't work to home. It was work to home to work to home because it's a different day, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like days have passed since then, you know, what's happened? Right. It's right. It, yeah, it, it's the way it's shot is very unique and not to mention it keeps you engaged just by how it looks. The cinematography is just incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, if when you told when, when last week when you said we were going to do it, um, this movie, not, you know, <laughs> um, I was really excited because the cinematography of As Tears Go By is just beautiful. Um, and same here, you know, the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous. And yeah, and you're right, it was a little jarring because it did take me a minute to figure out, like, wait, what's happening? Why are things jumping so thick quickly? And then I finally realized, oh, he's he's playing with time. And instead of, you know, because you know, I think the movie still would have worked had we watched this, you know, go one day at a time or one hour at a time, I think the movie still would have worked perfectly fine. But I think having, you know, fast forwarding maybe several days makes more sense because, you know, as you said at the top of the show, they are, you know, they're living next door to each other, but they also are very alone. You know, they do kind of, they both Chow and Sue both sort of isolate themselves in their rooms uh, because they don't really want to entertain with like the landlord or anyone else that come comes through. So they, so, you know, it's, it's, so it was really jarring, but at the same time, it makes total sense to do that. You know, it could um, also, and I might've read this somewhere. I don't remember. I read two articles and I watched a couple of videos, but um, doing the narrative this way, laying it out this way by jumping, you know, days mm. um, is also sort of a a way of representing their 
their sort of loss of time with one another, right? Like no. time is moving so fast that they can't catch up, right? And what you said in the beginning is a, a perfect end note to this whole thing, which is it's just not meant to be, right? Yeah. This, you know, you the whole movie could be summed up that way, that it's just not meant to be. Their destiny was not to be together. Um, even though everything in a traditional film says that it should. Right? Yeah. A traditional film would say, yes, they were always meant to be together, and that's why their spouses got together, and that's why that they are meant to be dealing with this uh, domestic tragedy together, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, it goes nowhere, and I think that's what makes this film more fascinating than than anything. Yeah, uh, I think... I think had it been a, a, um, a by the numbers romantic drama where, you know, we, we see them fall in love. We see them say, oh, no, we can't make you know, we, this can't happen. And then in the end, they do get together and they're happily, you know, it's happily ever after. I think it would have undercut a lot of the journey that both of them go through, you know, um, this sort of kind of and maybe I misinterpreted it. Um, but maybe, you know, th- this this almost journey of self-discovery for the both of them, you know. Yeah. And and so I feel like had it been more traditional, or I say traditional, quote-unquote traditional, um, I, I, it, would, it would just undercut everything that they go through. Um, yeah. And so I'm glad they don't. I mean, it, you know, a part of me is sad because... As you as you said, like it, it would it makes sense for them to be together, but at the same time, it 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 makes more sense for them not to be together and to just live their lives, and that's okay. But you know, uh, <clears throat> I think what you said about them remembering also makes more sense about them kind of looking back at this time as well, you know. Right, it's a form of maybe, um, like, regret. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's... I want to talk about... And, of course, I could do it for hours, dude. I I just want to talk about Tony Leung, man. Tony Leung was awesome. Um, Like, and, of course, you know, us as, you know, American uh, audience members, you know, of course, again... Like I said, the first thing I ever saw him in was Shang-Chi. And yes, he was awesome. And he did such a great job. But as we were kind of talking about off mic last week, you know, uh, seem, you know, Tony Leung is th- this almost Chinese royalty in terms of actor. You know, he's, he's such a big name in, in, and, and, you know, like Simu Lu said in the special features of Shang-Chi that his mom was like, oh, that's great, great, honey. What was it like working with Tony? And he's like, mom, you, you don't want to know about me? And she's like, no, yeah. What, how was it like with Tony? And yeah. and he, and he, and he's so, so he plays Chow as this very just kind of down to earth guy. You know, he's a journalist. And he almost seems like he... I don't want to say knows what he wants, but like he kind of he's he's sort of, I would say, content then kind of content in his life until until the the revelation of 
you know, knowing his wife is cheating on him with his next door neighbor. Um, and something I love, uh, I'm going to press pause on child for a second. Something I love. We never really see right. His wife or her husband. And I right. love that. So I don't think we see him at all. We see the back of her head. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, a couple of yeah. Uh, and Which I love that. Is, it's genius because yeah. we don't want to focus on them at all. This isn't about them. And, and really they're, it, it isn't, it isn't right. So it has nothing to do with them, but it has everything to do with them because mm-hmm. there are, they are the people that set this in motion, but Wong has taken them completely out of the story yeah. in a way, right? By, by making them invisible. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, uh, and I, I completely agree. Like it, I feel like had we seen them like cool, the movie I think would have still had the same impact, but Again, it's it's not about them. It's about it's about Sue and Chow um, finding one another, and and again finding this bond, you know, this something to bond over <laughs> that just happens to be something very horrible that they both have to deal with. Right. Uh, but anyway, but so so Chow just he and Tony Leung is just he's just awesome, dude. Like I was like every scene he was in, I was digging it. You know, just how he was delivering his lines, like, especially with all his interactions with his coworker Ping. Like, I loved it because you could tell that he's probably put up with Ping for quite some time now. And he's just like, dude, just get to the point. What do you need $30 for? And in a lesser movie, you know, he is the the goofy best friend that, you know, talks him into, you know, asking the girl out or whatever. Right. Right. Like. But instead, it's just like, you know, Chow is just, Chow is, is dealing with him, you know, is sort of like just putting up with him in a sense. Yeah. Right? Uh, instead of like, because there is that, that interaction at the beginning of the film where uh, Ping tries to egg on Chow to, you know, to make a move on, on the wife, right? On Sue. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's not like, yeah. Yeah, and then Ping's like, well, then maybe I will. And he's like, well, she's married, so good luck with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, Sue, you know, both both of our both of our leads are so... I can't pronounce Maggie's last name. I, I know her first name is Maggie. Um, but, you know, both of our leads are amazing. Like, Sue is not your run-of-the-mill, you know, I'm going to try not to sound awful, <laughs> um, but but essentially whiny wife, like, oh, poor me, my my husband's cheating on me. And yeah. we do kind of, we do get that in that one scene where she, when she figures it out and she has that breakdown in the shower, which was beautiful. I, I thought yeah. uh, very smart that we don't actually see her. We just know she's in the shower and she's crying. But Sue kind of, you know, much like Chow, she deals with it. And she picks herself up and she's like, well, you know what? I'm just going to deal with it. And and that's so refreshing, you know, because in, 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 in other movies with a similar plot point, um, you know, most most of the, the female characters... Just, don't put up with it or either, 
you know, very sullenly pull, put up with it. Like, oh, well, he's cheating on me, I guess. Oh. Mm-hmm. But Sue just like, well, you know what? I got to work. I got a job to do. You know, I got to make sure I'm bringing in money so we pay rent. Let's do this. And and I think that's something that I also really liked is that we don't we also don't really focus on their sadness for too long. You know, like, yes, they are both sad and yes, they both are dealing with something that is horrible. But Wong Kar doesn't he doesn't he doesn't make a sit in their sadness. You know, Mm -hmm. he 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 tells us, like, yes, they're sad. We're moving on. Now let's watch what happens when they find commonalities. And um, like the dinner scene, I thought that was so, so cool when she has him order for him. And he's like, why? She's like, well, just order what your wife likes. Or, and Yeah. So these, these strange... Uh, sort of play acting that they do. They they run through scenarios as the other one's spouse. It's so bizarre. Uh, because in a way, they're trying to dissect and decode why this would have happened in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. This is their way of processing their grief, mm-hmm. right? And they do this several times. And what, what Wong does is places us in a scene without telling us what they're doing until the very end where you're like, oh, they're running through another of these hypothetical scenarios, right? Yeah, yeah, I, d- I didn't figure that out until she she slaps him. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like what? And he's like, come on, really? A reaction, like that kind of reaction? No, and I'm like, is he? And he's like, pretty much like, do it again. How would you re? I was like, oh, he's. They're trying to like what? What? How are you going to confront your husband about this? And it wasn't. And it wasn't a sense of when. It was if this ever comes up, right? Mm -hmm. They weren't planning some big gotcha moment. This is just Mm -hmm. like, listen, if it comes up, you know, if you know, if, which is so strange, right? Yeah, because again, another movie would have been like, "All right, let's let's get him." But instead, it's it's sort of this, and again, it could be um, cultural, and it also could be a part of that time as well. Because not only mm-hmm. are we in a different culture, but we're in a different time. So, mm-hmm. so the shame of being cheated on is probably also being cheated on is probably looked down upon as well, right? It, it, right. at this time and maybe in this culture again i didn't do enough research or any research on the cultural aspect of this and i probably should have but um yeah yeah yes yes same um yeah because I, I wanted to look into that as well because you know in in other movies <clears throat> you know like you said there's always like a like a gotcha moment you know right caught you cheating you know um and there's a slew of, you know, movie, you know, there's two movies actually I thought of where it's kind of sort of like that kind of sort of, you know, there's the, uh, the other woman with Cameron Diaz and Leslie Mann and Kate Upton and, oh, yeah, and, yeah. 
And I don't know if this one really falls into it, but it popped in my head. Uh, John Tucker must die. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, in those movies, I know they are like gotcha moments. Um, and you know, in those movies, especially since there's comedies, you know, they were designed f- for them to have a gotcha moment, you know, and you know, this movie didn't really need that, you know, didn't really need no. them to like, okay, I'm going to sit down with my, sit down with my husband and I'm going to confront him about this or, you know, chow, like, you know, honey, have you been, you know, have you been seeing, you know, the next door neighbor, you know? Yeah. And in, in, and I want to take a pause just for a quick second to acknowledge the fact that, you know, Sue and Chow both have interactions with each other's sign- uh, significant other. And you just you just know that they know you like like when he's talking to her husband, he's like, man, I, I know, I know, I know what you're doing, uh, but he doesn't say anything about it, you know. And and again, like you said, I, I feel like maybe I should have done a little bit of digging if that was something cultural or just of the time not to say anything, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So again, I'm glad there wasn't a gotcha moment and I'm glad that there was all these hypotheticals. Um, and another reason how I figured out it was hypothetical again is during the scene in the hotel, you know, she starts to cry and he's like, no, no, like, no, this is just, you know, this isn't, this isn't real. Like, this is just, Just as talking, you know, just as talking. And that's when I was like, oh, yes, they're 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 not planning on it. They're just preparing for. If they talk about it, It, they're preparing for worst case scenario. Right. In a way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, you know, to to go back to just the relationship in general, you know, it's sort of like and and I, I was I was re looking over these articles. Um, I like the idea and the wording of this. It's a it's a a lasting sense of detachment mm. and failed commitment, and I really like that. Right, and there was another yeah. one that was uh, they called it a hesitant romance, and, and I like mm. that as well. Um, because what what Wong does. Is the reason I'm calling. It. I think that's his last name. I think they do it that way. They flip it, right? Um, yeah. Wong's not his first name. So, um, what he's doing is the the perspective on these things is usually pretty subjective, right? We're we're not in anybody's point of view necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and again, in the same article, they they posit that maybe it's. It's, you know, replaying of these memories, right? As mm-hmm. I mentioned before, it's, it's sort of like a, a, a retrospectively looking back in these moments, right? Um, in order, but again, very, very small snippets, which is why they're, they're so short and why they skip days, right? Right. But I, I, like, I like the subjective use because we're, again, it's nobody's point of view. But it does give this sort of, and we've mentioned it before in other, other films. It gives us this sort of separation from the from the characters from the story in a way that, in this instance, sort of plays on the the separation of the two of them and their and this sort of barrier 
that's in mm-hmm. between them that won't ever break down. Like there, it's just it, it's there. You know, we we keep going back to the to the inevitable. They're not going to get together, which uh, of course um, is, I guess, the main takeaway mm-hmm. right? that they're not going to get together. But I I just like the the use of the the subjective point of view, right? Yeah, and and well, and and you know, and it is, and 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 I feel like it is again very subjective because sometimes when I was watching the movie, I felt like we were seeing things like a different take, kind of, kind of like reminiscent of you know um, American Crime Story, The People versus OJ, where you know Cuba Gooding Jr. would film. One scene where mm-hmm. OJ's guilty, one scene where he's innocent, and one scene where we don't know. Kind of well, I could have used because it's right behind my head. Uh, American, American Psycho. Psycho. Um, same with Willem Dafoe, you know. And I, because you know, I remember watching the scene where he or Chow tell towards the end of the movie where he tells Chow tells Sue about Singapore <clears throat> and how he's going, how he's thinking about going. Uh, cause ping needs him up there and maybe I just, maybe I just looked away for a second, but you know, he looked happy when he was telling her, not really happy, but kind of apprehensive. But then when I looked back, he looked almost kind of angry mm. or, or annoyed with her reaction. Um, but then he's consoling her as she's crying, you know, so yeah. maybe I missed something, <laughs> but you know, no, I also, really, there, there's also that scene Near the, I, w- I would say maybe near the beginning middle, mm-hmm. um, where a scene happens twice, but with different outcomes. Um, in oh, the in the rain. Close, so I know this isn't. You know what I'm talking about? In, in the rain. Scene, yeah. God, I really wish I could remember exactly what they said, but um, they're having a conversation. He says something, and she reacts in a certain way the scene replays and he says something different. And then Mm. the scene plays out to its conclusion, which I I was, it it threw me. I was, because at first I was like, did I hit my remote? You know, (laughs) Uh, I must've hit like 30 seconds back because, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, didn't mean to do that obviously, but no, it's, it, it, it flows in that way. And again, it could, it goes into that theory that, you know, it's, it's memories and it's retrospective because um, it's like, did I say this or this? No, maybe I said this and this, right? Yeah. But it only happens yeah. once. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Um, I, I, I was paying attention, but I wish I was paying yeah. like hyper-focused attention because yeah. yeah. Cause that kind of threw me. I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. What, he was just happy just a second there. Why does he right. seem so annoyed? Um, <laughs> And maybe there was something I missed in in the dialogue, but mm. I mean, but yeah, I, I you know, I like that idea of this memory of you know, kind of you know, I keep citing other movies, but like in American Animals, you know, when sure. when Evan Peters' character talks to the character he's playing, and he's like, "Is this how it happened?" And he's like, "If this is how he remembers it, sure," you know, and yeah. so and and I like that. I like that if it, you know, it's like. Chow was remembering it and it was like, well, what if I had said this or 
did I say this or, you know, again, it only happens once, which is so bizarre. Um, but you know, with, and this is a great transition to, and this is in a Cinefix video. You know, I love Cinefix. Shout out um, to Cinefix. Yeah. Shout out to Cinefix. Shout out to IGN. Um, <laughs> they talk about how he Pavlov's us and he does. So here's what I mean by that. Yes. There is a running theme, much like in The Lobster, in this film. It's a it's a cello orchestral score mm-hmm. um, that plays throughout the film in several places, mostly uh, during moments of slow-mo and of moments where Sue and Chow have an interaction, whether it's just passing each other in the hallway or... Some sort of just small instance where they're together for a moment and then it's gone, right? Mm-hmm. So this happens a few times and we're sort of used to the pattern, right? We're used to the score. We're used to seeing Sue. We're used to seeing Chow. We're used to seeing them interact, either passing by the hallway or just nodding or whatever. And then they go their separate ways and it's over. There's a scene where Sue is going to get some food. Okay. Mm-hmm. We see her walk. Uh, we see her walk down some stairs. We see her wait for some food. Okay. Again, orchestral score, slow motion. We see her walk back up the stairs and pass this light and this cement wall with some posters on it, but we don't follow Sue. Right. Mm-hmm. We stay on this light and cement wall and we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and then here comes Chow, who walks the opposite direction and down those same stairs, right? Mm. It's brilliant because we've seen this this pattern several times, right? And we know what happened, right? But instead of showing us again, we are now – he's now – teaching us almost to infer, teaching us to say, okay, now you tell me, right? Yeah. It's almost like teaching, uh, teaching a third grade or something. Like, <laughs> here's, this, here's, this, here's this, here's this, here's this. Okay. Now here's this. Now you tell me. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well they, they passed each other, right? They had to have, because there's no other way. Right. Yeah. There, there isn't, there's no way they couldn't have not passed one another. And so they did. They had another interaction. But now we are to infer that these interactions now have a little more meaning, right? And a little more power to them it, between the two of them. But now we don't have to see it, right? right. Now we just feel it. And, and we feel it again with this goddamn Pavlovian <laughs> orchestral score. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, now we know how dogs feel. I know that's yeah. As <laughs> soon as the orchestral score hit and, and unfortunately I had seen that video beforehand, uh, mm. which is how I learned about this movie in the first place, uh, which is Cinefix. Uh, they love this movie to death. This and mirror. It's their favorite. Yeah. I, I may have to, I may yeah. have to look up these videos and, and see what they say. They're um, They're yeah. Uh, we'll see. And I, I I started to pick up on the pattern. I actually, again, I I was paying attention, but again, maybe I should have been laser focused. 
because I picked up on the pattern like, okay, this is this is important. He wouldn't keep playing this song if this wasn't important. Um, but I was just so in love with how it was shot. Yeah. And the sound. That, yeah, that, I agree. That cello was gorgeous and how it's shot in slow-mo. And we follow everyone throughout. It's just, I, I just knew it was like, oh, this is so important, but I love this. Yeah. I Pay think attention. A good, example, a good example, if you want a more contemporary version of this, which isn't as, it, it's not as graspable, I guess, as, as this would be, but it'd be in Requiem for a Dream, where, <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but hear me out. So, uh, we get the hip hop montages, especially when they're yeah. doing drugs, right? Uh, Requiem right there. Yeah. So the yeah you got it. Yeah. So we have the hip hop montages of them doing drugs. We see mm-hmm. the the preparation, the the um, the gearing up, and then the go. Right. We get this pattern, and at the in the tail end of the film, instead of the traditional hip-hop montages which we are used to which we are programmed to roll with stops a few times twice actually um at the end one one with jennifer Connolly, i believe and one with jared leto jared leto it's the one it's the gross one where you see the needle go in his arm right oh. i know but again it's that it's the pattern 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 and then we break it Right. Mm -hmm. And it's the same here. Right. It's the 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 pattern of the the slow mo, the score and the subject matter. Right. Mm -hmm. Several times until he stops. And that makes it. Ironically, it makes it stand out more. Right. And instead of. Instead of showing us what you've already been showing us, withholding information makes it stand out more. In this instance, and again, it's that, you know, that interaction that we don't see between Chow and Sue. Yeah. In this alleyway or whatever. Yeah, it's. Yeah, man, I just I loved as soon as the score started, <clears throat> I was sold. I was like, let's yeah, let's do this. <clears throat> Excuse me, bro. Um, OK, so I want to talk about the ending because this is when we get our first sort of clues that this was never meant to be. Mm. Um, and it's when Chow brings up Singapore. Mm. Um, <clears throat> again, as we, as I'm pretty sure we mentioned, Chow is a journalist. Uh, for what exactly? Did I miss that? Or do they ever say? I like to think he's a newspaper journalist, but I don't anyway. think he's a magazine journalist. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. They just said he was a journalist. Right. Um, and Ping, um, our old buddy Ping, had gone to Singapore to, to I guess, you know, write some articles. And he wanted um, Chow to come. And, you know, Chow, seeing this as a good opportunity to um, get out of his present condition, you know, he, is, he, wants, he wants to change the pace asks Sue to come with him. You know, I'll come with me. And, you know, she kind of, she kind of hems and haws a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. about it. And then she decides, you know what? I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to go with him to Singapore, but she just barely misses him. Yeah. She shows up to his hotel after he's already left. Yeah. And, and this is when we kind of get our first clue that it's not going to happen. Um, and then Wong time jumps us a year, 1933, Uh, 1933, 1963. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and Chow and Ping are still in Singapore and he he wants doesn't he want sue to come and visit him right i think so i think that's the way it goes yeah yeah and and he just barely misses her and he knows yeah. she came because he sees her lips uh, lipstick stained cigarette in his ashtray yeah and so he knows she came but he just barely missed her and then we fast forward three more years, 1966, and Chow is obviously back in Hong Kong. Yeah. And he, just to reminisce, decides to go and stop by the old apartment. And I'm assuming he and his wife got a divorce. I'm assuming, because we have Probably not heard cares. anything. Yeah, who cares? Um, and almost ironically, Sue has the same idea to go by and see her old landlady and she's not staying there right she's just visiting just stopping she's by visiting in that moment she's visiting and her landlady says that she's moving she's going to go see her daughter in the US mm. uh, and that she might stay in the US because at this time and um one of the articles I read got a little too into this and I don't know enough about it. So it made me feel stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the political climate of, mm. of China was, was changing. Yeah. Difficult to say the least during this time. And so, um, a lot of, a lot of the movie and its narrative has a sort of overlay of this, this historical time in, China, right? Mm. Um, and so it's if you don't know it, it's fine. You can still get stuff out of the movie. It's not a big deal. But yeah. if you know it, it sort of adds a layer, right? Hey, yeah, you're kind of like, uh, oh, like yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I'm stupid. I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. And so while it was going over it, I was like, this feels like class, <laughs> you know. And so I. I I sort of I didn't ignore it, but I was like I just skimmed over. It. I was like get to the get to the stuff I want, right? Um, not to say it's important. It, it's extremely important, right? This this sort of overlay of mm. historical accuracy. But um, anyway, so the the reason she's going to the U.S. is partly because of that. Um, but the new and world. and she offers to rent the apartment. Um, Sue does. Yeah, and 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 the new landlord uh, at the uh, the room that Chow rented doesn't know much about the lady, just that she's got some kids, and Chow doesn't think anything of it, not realizing that it was Sue, and he leaves, and we get a very kind of somber ending to the film. I think Uh, you know to to pause. That's to me, the most heartbreaking uh, piece of 
irony uh, mm-hmm. is that that moment with him at the apartment. Mm-hmm. And if he had just wait, I mean, if he had just waited maybe 30 seconds. Yeah, cause she was leaving too. She was. Yeah. Her, he was mm-hmm. Right. And again, it plays into it was never meant to be right. This is yeah. not their destiny. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, a very somber ending because, you know, you know, we, we got that wonderful scene with Ping where he is playing, you know, saying, telling Ping about how when people have secrets, they whisper it to, um, I forgot the name, but they, but they whisper him to these pillars essentially. And he goes and he whispers a secret to them. And I would assume it had something to do with, I was in love with a married woman. Um, and that's it. And movie over. And, uh, you know, it, and it had such a, a somber ending, but I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I think that Wong is so talented in his filmmaking that he made the ending not silly. Because yeah. I think it's sort of a fantastical ending anywhere else, I think. To go to this this fantastic you know, over the top location, whisper something in one of the holes and then filling it up with mud as if to, to conceal the secret, even though he is already, you know, the secret is safe, right? Mm. But it's another layer of this, you know, withholding in this, this, you know, keeping it safe. Um, Yeah. In this temple, right? Mm. But it just it seems to fit and it's so devastating yeah oh my god yeah man yeah it's it's rough it's a it's a just because you just because as we've been saying constantly you want them to be together you want them to end up together but it's it, it makes more sense for them to never be together but, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I still loved it though, dude. Still loved it. Yeah, it's an amazing film. Um, no doubt about it. It's you know, there's a before we end, there's a a similar sort of rhythm and and pattern in clocks. So uh, especially in Sue's office. It, there's always a close-up of the clock in Sue's office. It doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't matter what time it is, right? Especially to the story. It doesn't matter what time it is. But we still are... We we are constantly shown this clock. I think it's five or six times. And I think it's, again, to highlight just the the rapid passage of time and the, the time that they don't have together, right? Mm-hmm. It's... It, there's no other reason for him to show this clock or clocks in general clocks shown in films usually have meaning whether it's they overslept it's you know uh, they are having trouble sleeping it's you know um, in fight club it's shown for his insomnia and you know things like that but in this case it's shown to be shown right it's just a clock it's like it's almost his version of a establishing shot, which there are none in this movie. Um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought about that too, and I was like, there has to be some meaning, but it. Yeah. Well, you're right. It doesn't really matter. No, and again, he's there's a reason he's showing it, but I think it's again just to highlight time in general. Mm-hmm. Not so yeah. much what time it is, but just yeah. Like, time is not on their side, and it never will be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, uh, sh- I'm probably reaching, but... Nah. I mean, shout out to our... Shout out to our Call Me By Your Name episode. Or any... Shout out to any of our episodes. We reach. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Jeremy, are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? Wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. Yeah. 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 Um, loved it, man. I loved it. Yeah. I did too. Uh, it's a wonderful, beautiful, tragic film that I will definitely be watching again. I will um, definitely be recommending it to anybody and everybody. Uh, it did end up being shown on Turner Classic Movies, and my buddy Shep is going to watch it because um, it was not at the library. So, uh, um, well, and how what I recently found out, uh, it's on. Um, HBO Max. Yes, it is on HBO Max. So if what we have discussed intrigues you, uh, go check it out on HBO Max if you have a subscription. Or take someone else's, I don't care. Nah, nah, you gotta you gotta comp the $99 and get the giant set. Yeah, I mean, go ahead and get the Wong Kar Wai set. Uh, it's definitely worth it. Uh, there is a quasi-sequel to this film. It's called 2046. Um, That's true, yeah. And the, and the prequel... Um, being uh, wilds in the title, and again, it's not it's not a direct true sequel. It's a sequel like uh, I'm trying to think of an example, and I can't at the moment. But like the Blood uh, and Ice Cream trilogy. Sure. Yes. It's a it's a yeah. sequel without being one. It's similar in theme and tone, and the actors are the same. And so um, I'll definitely check that out as well. Nice. So. Uh, um. Yeah, man, what, pray tell, are we talking about next week? So next week, um, after giving in some thought, I was like, you know what? It's time we talk about another one of the, the one of this director's movies. We've done two of his movies already. Not this season, just in previous seasons. In general. In general. So next week, um, we're going back to our boy, Alejandro Inuritu. Uh Next week, we are going to be talking about The Revenant. Oh, very cool. Um, I love it. It came out on my birthday. I remember that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it did. Uh, when, it, when it came out, whatever that year that was. But uh, I was going to pull it, but I don't you know You don't have to at. check. It's yeah. not a big deal. I don't know where it's at, and I'm not going to waste my time to pull it. Um, I'm sure Future Rain will put it up on the screen. Um, um, can I go ahead and um, throw out a suggestion to our listener? Zach, um, <laughs> when uh-huh. you watch the Revenant, when you rewatch it, uh, if or if you're watching it for the first time, anyone who's listening, um, I think we have uh, listeners in uh, Iran. Um, watch it with the lights off, Ooh. Um, because I know that sounds silly, and of course, but most people watch it, you know, in their living rooms, lights are on, or in their bedroom, lights are on. Um, this one. 
I think it pays to have Total Darkness because you can appreciate the cinematography more. This film has tremendous cinematography, all natural light. It's beautiful. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out there. Watch it with the lights off. Yeah, you know, I mean, and shout out to our boy Robert Eggers uh, using natural light for everything. Yep. Um, yeah, man, I can't I can't wait to talk about it. This is a movie I really wanted to see as soon as it came out, but I just I never got the time to go that see it. Um, and then I missed it in theaters and so comped it for like five bucks on Black Friday um, back in like 2017. Um, so, yeah, man, it's finally time. And you know what? I think we might have a special guest That's uh, as well. So um, can't wait for that. But yeah. uh, but yeah, so um, everyone, we hoped you enjoyed In the Mood for Love uh, again, as Jeremy and I said if it intrigues you it's on hbo max for free ask for someone's subscription if you don't already have it or you know what shell out the 99 dollars and get the big set um and uh, we'll see you next week for the revenant De mirada serena Dejaron en mi alma Eterna sed de amar Anhelos de caricia